In Jesus' parable, those foolish virgins are shut out. And as they stand there scampering to try to, to find light at the last second, it will be too late and the Lord will say to them, as he has him say in the, the parable, No, I don't know you. Away from me. This is the result of those who've despised God's gifts and for a lifetime have pushed aside the gift of faith until they run out. Don't be foolish. When Jesus comes again in all his glory, it will be time to celebrate, not time to scurry. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient Faith for Today's World, November 12, 2023, Matthew 25, 1-13. Sometimes I'll find myself maybe pushing the limit more than I really should when it comes to how far I'll let that gauge go on the fuel. Maybe you know how this goes and different people have different comfort levels when it comes to it, but eventually you'll get that warning, that beeping sound indicating that the fuel is on empty. That sound will sometimes go off and my wife might ask something like, what was that? And I'll respond, oh, don't worry, that's just the fuel indicator. We got plenty of fuel left. They purposely make it go off early. You really have a lot more range. And then she'll say something like, shouldn't we get gas? And the conversation goes on as I say, well, there's a good gas station coming up in about 100 miles. I'm sure we can make it. And maybe I push the limit a little bit more than I ought. I don't know how you might feel when the gauge gets near empty, but that's merely with our gas in the tank. What about when it comes to far greater and more important matters, such as spiritual matters and our eternal destination? Should we be pushing the limit, running on empty? Today we consider God's words in Matthew chapter 25. There Jesus presents a parable of a wedding and a celebration and of those who are foolish. And he gives us a warning not to be foolish, but to be ready. As we read in Matthew 25, Jesus presents a picture of a wedding celebration. And it actually differs quite a bit from what we might be familiar with as we celebrate weddings. You see, back in ancient Israel, they would have a celebration as two people who are already betrothed were getting ready to consummate and begin their marriage life followed with a long celebration ceremony. You see, children were betrothed by their parents to their future spouse, often even years ahead of time. And this was a binding thing as the marriage was established or determined. But the marriage began when there was a, a homecoming of sorts, when the groom would come and he would take his bride to be with him at his house. And then often even up to a week-long celebration would follow, the wedding celebration and the feast. It's at this event, at the appointed time, when the groom was going to come to his bride, that the groom would be accompanied by the, the men that were friends with him, and then the bride would have the maiden friends that would come with her, and they would process through the evening to the groom's house, where the celebration would begin. That's the picture, the, the setting that Jesus gives of this parable. It's the homecoming of the bride. And in Jesus' parable, there are ten virgins who are foolish. 
because they're not ready. They consider themselves those who will join in the procession, but when the call comes out and it says, the groom has come, prepare to meet him, and the virgins have their lamps ready to join that procession at the night, the foolish ones find that they are not prepared. They've run out. Now, Jesus doesn't give us a point-by-point explanation of this parable. So we can't say directly that this represents that or this, but it's pretty clear that the lack of oil, the lack of that lamp burning, is the lack of preparedness for when the Son of Man comes again in his glory for his church. And that lack of preparedness, we have to be clear, in Scripture is not a lack of enough good works. We will never enter God's eternal feast by our own good works. No, the the lack of preparedness, though, we can say, does come for those who are ill-prepared and who lose out on their faith and who lose faith. And see, we find ourselves prepared at Jesus' coming once again, I must repeat, not by what we've done, but if we have faith in him. And that faith comes as he builds us up through the gospel. Our lamp, our light of faith is kept burning as we hold on to the gospel truth. And by that gospel, we will find ourselves trusting in our Redeemer, ready for his return. See, those who are like the foolish ones, who will find themselves unprepared at the return of Christ, are those who consider themselves part of the organization of some church or gathering. They consider that they will be there when Christ returns and join in that procession, and yet they'll find they're not prepared because they've, along the way, lost their faith. Sure, maybe they'll continue to gather with believers for special events like Christmas and Easter, and they expect to be invited along when the big celebration comes. But where is faith? How foolish for a Christian to, when, when their faith begins to weaken, to do nothing about it. Or when a believer finds that they're wavering in faith and their, their faith is no longer as strong as it once was, to simply ignore the issue. They will find, because of their foolish, ill-prepared time, where they were not ready, that when the day comes, they will be like those virgins who were shut out. Now, don't misunderstand. These foolish virgins are not the ones who are directly denying God's word or speaking against Christ. No, they're the ones who, for all outward appearances, want to blend in and stand there with the believers who have faith. But they themselves, along the way, lose faith. These foolish ones can be the ones who find themselves gathering with other believers, who find themselves coming for special events and for worship. And maybe at times we begin to act like the foolish ones. Maybe we begin to become foolish as we think somehow our faith will be strong if we just coast along. We might tell ourselves, well, I I can get by without regularly hearing God's word. I've got enough faith. And the, the water of life, the bread of life, the word of our God is something we don't regularly take in anymore. And we can become like those foolish virgins 
unprepared as we despise the gifts that God has given and our faith grows weak as we say, well, you know, I, I can make it without gathering with God's people for one week or two or three. Or maybe I can go several weeks and just be fine. And the faith grows weaker and dimmer until that time comes when we may find it's too late. Sure, we, we can get by with a dim and weak faith. We can certainly coast along and push the limits, but do we want to? You know, one time I found myself traveling to a wedding and I was driving a trip of about 500 miles, about what my gas tank could really fill and manage for the trip for our van. And as we drove along, the trip got kind of long. I, I started the trip with a full tank of gas, but as it went along, there was construction. We got tired. We got hungry. Finally, as we were nearing the end of our trip, it was now dark out. We had driven hundreds of miles. And then that sound came, that warning sound that we were near empty on gas. And I thought to myself, it's cold, it's raining. We are almost there. I'm sure we can make it. And just before we got to our hotel for the night and reached the destination near where the, the wedding would be celebrated, I also then pulled in to a nearby gas station. And I don't think I've ever put more gas into our van. 29 and a half gallons. Or maybe it was 29.6. I, I think it was just about, just about empty. Turns out actually, as I found out later, my tank is only 31 gallons. I was under 5% of available gas. That close to being stranded in the dark, in the rain, on the side of the road, so close but not making it to the destination. I didn't have to do this. I could have easily stopped along the way and filled the gas tank and been fully ready and prepared, but I pushed the limit. Why would we ever want to push the limit when it comes to having our lights burning, having faith and the gift of faith filled up? Why wouldn't we rather want to be filled with the gospel, to drink up the water of life and be fully prepared? Because you see, what will happen if we find ourselves unprepared and we run out of faith in the end? What will happen is it'll be far worse than being stranded on the side of the road and left in the dark. Jesus' parable goes on to describe those foolish ones. And as they find the, the call is given for them to light their lamps and to join the procession, they're not prepared. They're out. And they try to go to their friends, the wise ones who are prepared, and say, give us some of your oil. But the wise maidens, the wise virgins respond in saying, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to get your own oil. See, we, we cannot live with our faith by proxy in the faith of those around us. Someone might be able to, to think and to say to themselves, well, my family has faith, but do they? Or they might say, my parents are a lifelong member of this church in good standing, and I'm a lifelong member, I, I'm surely going to have faith. But did they have their own faith? And quite often as a pastor, I've had to warn people, don't expect that you're going to make it into heaven grasping onto the tailcoats of your cousin or your father or your friends because they have faith. 
Faith is something that you must have for yourself. It's not something you can have by proxy. And so the, the wise say to the virgins who have run out, go and fill up. But by then it will be too late. They will have despised God's gifts, the free gift of the water of life and the bread of life. They will have despised their baptism. They will have despised the supper that they've been invited to, to feast on Jesus and his supper and to be built up in faith. And it'll be too late. In Jesus' parable, those foolish virgins are shut out. And as they stand there scampering to try to, to find light at the last second, it will be too late. And the Lord will say to them, as he has him say in the, the parable, No, I don't know you. Away from me. This is the result of those who have despised God's gifts and for a lifetime have pushed aside the gift of faith until they run out. Don't be foolish. When Jesus comes again in all his glory, it will be time to celebrate, not time to scurry. Jesus then concludes his parable by saying, Therefore, be ready. Keep watch. You know, when Jesus first came, it seemed like the only people who were keeping ready and watch were those who came with the torches at night to arrest him. They were looking to kill Jesus, and the disciples themselves were dozing off and falling asleep that same night. And their faith had become so weak that when they saw those coming to arrest Jesus, they grew fearful, and they ended up fleeing. And later on, even some ended up denying him, like Peter. Their faith had grown weak, and they were not ready. But the Son of Man came to give his life for his foolish bride, so that she might be forgiven, so that the church, all believers, might find in Christ complete forgiveness. And the good news is he invites us to his free wedding feast. And the good news is he invites us today to feast on his gospel, to receive his body and blood in the sacrament, to be built up in faith. It's the free gift. The sad thing is, when people refuse this gift, it's what Isaiah says, come by without cost. To remain strong in faith costs nothing. To be a part of God's church costs nothing. And if you find a faithful Christian home, they will freely give you the gospel. And the word of God is available for you today. Come. Be ready. Be filled with the Spirit and let that light shine in your life as you cling to the gospel truth and are filled up because when Christ comes again, he will come to bring us to be with him. The church would see Jesus, yes, the Son of Man, killed on the cross, but he would pay the price to set his bride free. And when he rose, the church would see the bride and groom would be together again because Jesus would tell his bride, the church, I'm going, but I'm coming again. And when I come back, I will take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. See, he's coming again in his glory. And that will be the end of this parable, when the groom comes. 
he comes to take his bride to his home. Can't you just hear in those words of Jesus, the, the words of the groom? I'm coming to take you to be with me. Therefore, be ready. Keep watch. When he comes, we will join with him in that feast and that eternal celebration as the church is brought to be with Christ forever in his kingdom. And the joy in the feast will never end. So, don't be foolish. Why push the limit? Why run on E when you can be filled? Don't be foolish as you despise the gift, but be filled with the word of God as you treasure that gift. And yourself, take the water of life, drink up the water of life, eat of the bread of life, and let that gospel be a regular part of your life. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Take it today. Take it now and every day until Christ comes again in all his glory. And be wise and be filled with his gospel. Until then, Amen.